Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, Kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. Do you ever feel like you can't quite figure out how to navigate your own life? Like you should have it down and figured out by now? And like you wish you could put your life on cruise control and sit back and relax? But just when you think you've made it to a straight stretch, life throws you another curveball. Just about the time you start to encounter some smooth sailing, along comes another challenge. Another fork in the road, another surprise, disappointment, change, need, hurdle, another bill, another health problem, another kink in the works, another loss, a complication, and no more sitting back, no more relaxing. You have to sit up in your seat and flip the cruise control off, and really grip the steering wheel of life. Your stress levels are back up. You're trying to find your way through, figure out the best way forward. It's one more complication, one more challenge to navigate. And it doesn't matter how many bombshells you've already dodged and mountains you've already climbed. Life has a way of giving you one more twist and turn around every bend in the road. You've navigated a hundred other twists and turns, but this one is new. It's different. It has its own unique set of factors. And you're left asking that same old question. Well, how am I going to navigate this? And we answer that question through a combination of different ways. We go with our gut. We phone a friend. We ask Siri. We ask Google. We watch YouTube tutorials. We look at what popular culture is saying. We read books and articles and ask experts and pray and roll the dice. And then whether it's with fearless confidence or reckless abandon, with fear and trepidation, life carries us directly into the next twist and turn. And we're caught in the current and gripping the steering wheel and navigating our way through and life is unfolding for better or for worse. We get to experience the results of our navigation choices. Now let's pause that tape for just a moment and rewind it just a little bit. When you are in that moment asking yourself, how am I going to navigate this? Before you head into that next twist and turn, you want to feel confident. Now you don't always feel confident but you want to feel confident. You want to feel like, I've got this. And it brings us to our scripture today. We're going through the book of James, and James knows that we want to feel this way. Like, I've got this. And so he says it this way in James chapter 3, verse 13. He says, Who among y'all is wise. Who's an expert? Wisdom is where theory and practice intersect. 
It means you know how to form the best plans using the best methods, which everyone wants to feel good about their plans. And that word expert, episteme, the root of this word today means scientific understanding, intelligence. It's where we get the word epistemology, which is to be scientifically knowledgeable, to be well-versed in a technical subject. And isn't this the way we all want to feel as we navigate the next twist and turn in life? We want to feel like I have the best plan and I know my stuff and I've done my homework and I'm smart and I've got this. And, you know, it's funny. No one agrees on what it means to navigate with wisdom and expertise. One person going through a situation says, I'm navigating with wisdom and expertise. I have the best plan and I know what I'm doing. And someone else looks at the situation and how they're navigating and they say, no, you don't. You don't know what you're doing at all. That isn't wise. That doesn't look like expertise. That's not very smart. And who's to say? Given the millions of different twists and turns in life, who's to say what it means to navigate with wisdom and expertise? In our scripture today, James is contrasting two different wisdoms. He talks about wisdom as if there isn't just one way to be wise. There are two different wisdoms. And there's a false wisdom and a true wisdom. He talks about it as if there's a wisdom from above, from the heavens, that would be true, and a wisdom from below, an earthly wisdom that would be false. And so James uses these two different wisdoms to describe these two different ways of navigating the thousands of twists and turns of life. Now, these two different wisdoms remind me of driving in city traffic. And sometimes when you get into traffic that's really thick uh, in city driving, the highways are stacked on top of one another. And so if you're using your smartphone and looking at the mapping, you're trying to see what road am I on and am I on the route that I should be on but the routes are stacked on top of one another and they're so close to one another that your map can't tell if you are on the right road. Like, are you on I-5 or 405 or 26? And so the map keeps flipping and flopping and, and is not sure where you're at or if you're going the right way. It's kind of this question, Am I following the wisdom from above or am I following the wisdom from below? And in that moment in time, when the roads are all stacked together and your maps don't really know what's going on, it all looks like the same thing. It all looks like wisdom. It all looks smart. When you're trying to navigate and you're asking these questions, what would be wise a lot of different things can look wise. A lot of different things can, you could say, well, that looks like the right path. And you can tell yourself, I'm being smart. I'm doing the right thing. I'm going about this the right way. But the two different wisdoms 
James says lead to very different destinations. Just like if you end up on I-5 or 405. Uh, James says these two different wisdoms either lead towards chaos or justice. They either lead towards community or alienation. And so James is not trying to be a backseat driver here. He's writing to try to help us improve our navigation skills, to help us see the difference between the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below so that we don't end up miles down a path that ultimately doesn't serve us well. So take a moment and in stillness, recognize and name some of the twists and turns that you are currently facing and trying to navigate in your own life. Where are you asking this question? Well, how am I going to navigate this one? Here's what James writes. He says, Who among y'all is wise and an expert, intelligent? Let them show it by their good manner of life and by actions done in the gentleness and humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor harsh envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it and deny the truth. Such wisdom doesn't come down from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven puts a priority on being pure, then peace-loving, equitable, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality or judgment, and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of justice. Now, the language that James uses here in this short little passage of scripture is packed with meaning, and I'm going to try to unpack it a little bit for you. And as I unpack it, I want to invite you to recognize the difference between these two different wisdoms. Think about the situation you're trying to navigate right now and think about what does it look like for me to apply wisdom from below? How do I recognize the wisdom from below? And what's it look like for me to try to apply that wisdom from below that just ends in chaos and disorder? What does it look like for me to apply wisdom from above to my situation. Now, hang with me as I ask these, or as I present these two different wisdoms, because we're going to move through them kind of quickly. The wisdom from below says, be intimidating. It's born out of a core fear, which is, I don't dare let other people control me or have power over me, psychological, social, financial, relational. So I become intimidating. And James calls this being harsh. It's picross. 
It's all about how you posture yourself from the beginning, putting other people off balance, become threatening, be large and in charge, make sure people know they don't want to mess with you. Keep other people off balance by dropping threats, harsh language, cruel words, volatile temperament. Take the bull by the horns and run those threats off before they can become a problem. And James calls this wisdom from below. Wisdom from below navigates by comparisons. This quote wisdom says, okay, the way to assess yourself and where you're at in your journey is by looking at other people's lives. So how much money have other people made and what's their body look like? What degrees do they have? How much success? How many achievements? What's their house look like? What cute clothes are they wearing? How are their kids turning out? How many friends do they have? Vacations, retirement. And you navigate your own life by comparing yourself with them. For some people, this comes out of a sense of rivalry, like, well, I need to be better than that person. For other people, it comes from a sense of missing out. My life isn't what it could have been or what it should have been or what I wish it was. Anytime that you are navigating and turning the wheel of your life, trying to chase the good things that someone else is experiencing, it, it might feel like wisdom, but James calls it wisdom from below. He calls it envy. It's zealous is what he calls it. This wisdom from below confuses being with having. It's, it thinks that if you have more, somehow you are more. The ancient philosopher Socrates called it the envy of the soul, the, or the ulcer of the soul. Envy is the ulcer of the soul. Aristotle calls it a certain sorrow because someone has something that we do not. James says this is wisdom from below. Wisdom from below navigates based upon what's in it for me. It's what you think you'll get out of a situation. Now, of course, what motivates one person means absolutely nothing to the next person. Some people are motivated by money, others by adventure, fitness, good food. Gardening, hunting, fishing, surfing, collecting, artwork, social events, autonomy, togetherness, security, sex, recognition, praise, power, convenience, entertainment, pleasure, on and on and on. One of the first navigation questions when people are trying to figure out, well, how am I going to handle this? Wisdom from below says, well, what's in it for me? And then that wisdom takes all of your creative human energy and focuses it on you. And James says, this is wisdom from below. He calls it selfish ambition, erytheia. Now, the wisdom from below is partisan. It doubles down along party lines. By the time that James was writing his letter, that word we just looked at, Erethea, 
had also become a political word, and it described a partisan and divisive spirit, domineering, win at all costs. The previous word he used, the zealous, weren't only those who envied others. The zealous were the zealots. They were a Jewish political party, and they wanted to win at all costs. They eventually were part of starting the war of 60 AD. So, the wisdom from below focuses with scrutiny on whoever it dubs the other. They become the problem, and it thinks that the way forward is to root out those horrible people on the other side. Get rid of them. Overpower them. Make them comply. So there's no bridge building. There's no listening. There's no understanding. There's only fence building. James calls this wisdom from below. For James... The wisdom from below leads to chaos. All of these different wisdoms from below that we've been looking at, they all lead to chaos and to disorder. They distort community. They institutionalize injustice. Now, James describes a different wisdom, the wisdom from above. And he says it's concerned first with personal integrity. James says it puts a priority on being pure. So it sees that when you focus all your scrutiny on others, you tend to miss your own blind spots. So the wisdom from above isn't focused on everyone else and how they're messing up. Like, here's what everyone else needs to change. No, it's focused on what are my growing edges how do I need to change? How can I become a person of virtue? What does it look like for me to be the best version of myself? And so it navigates from a proactive place, not a reactive place. This is wisdom from above. The wisdom from above is community building. It's other-oriented. As you navigate the twists and turns of life, wisdom from above says, how can I be beneficial and useful to others? How can I contribute to the well-being of others? It might be relieving someone's suffering so how, easing someone's loneliness, helping them with a project, checking in, extending an invite, volunteering, joining them in something that they enjoy. It might seem overly simple, but sometimes the key clarifying difference between the two wisdoms, you know, we all say, I've got a good plan. I, I know what I'm about. But the key difference is, well, what question are you asking? Are you asking what's in it for me? Or are you asking, how can I contribute to the well-being of others? The wisdom from above is equitable and open to reason. We all want to tell ourselves, I'm navigating with wisdom and expertise. I have the best plan. I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. And underneath that, we know what we think. We know what our opinion is. 
we know the way we want things to go and so we we shut people out and we get into a defensive mode and we do our own thing and we tilt the scales in our own favor and whatever it is it's like we've already made up our mind the matter isn't really open for discussion and that would be wisdom from below because wisdom from above sounds more like well can you tell me more and it it says help me understand and it says well, i guess i i haven't learned that yet it's teachable it's open it's willing to consider the experiences and perspectives of others and new information and concerned with the dignity of all humans created in God's image. James says, this is wisdom from above. Wisdom from above is non-judgmental. It is not divisive. It's been said, if you knew the entirety of someone else's backstory and who they are, then how they're living right now would make complete sense to you. It might not make what they're doing right, but it would make sense to you. What James is saying is based on the bedrock that we are not the judge. The judge is Jesus. There's, James says there's only one lawgiver and one judge, the one who is able to save and destroy but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So the wisdom from above allows Jesus to be the judge. So it means relating to people who see things differently than I do and who make choices I wouldn't make for myself. It means being comfortable living out of a place where I neither condone nor condemn them. I simply know that judgment has been postponed. And the good news is that Jesus is the judge. So it means accepting the fact that there might be a world of difference between what I think someone else's growing edge is and the area of that person's life where God sees the growing edge, where God actually hopes to see them grow and change. So this is wisdom from above. The wisdom from above doesn't wear masks. When we put ourselves, or when we find ourselves needing to navigate new situations, there's this temptation to put on a mask, like to hide some part of who you are or to act like someone you're not. And James says the wisdom from above is without hypocrisy. It's genuine, it's sincere, it's humble. So this includes facing and naming your limitations. You can't act like you're capable of something that you're not. It means being willing to rely on others and ask for help. But it also includes naming your strengths. Your gifts are given to you for the sake of others, and there's no shame. Part of humility is saying, I have this ability to offer to others, and actually, I'm not half bad at this. James calls this wisdom from above. And he says, this path of wisdom, all of these different ways that we practice wisdom from above, lead to justice and righteousness. 
It means to be right both in your internal being and in the outer world of relationships and systems. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So let's close today by taking a moment. I invite you to listen to the Spirit speaking wisdom. What is the Spirit trying to bring to your attention about the way you are navigating the situation you're facing? How is the Spirit trying to help you see the difference between navigating by the wisdom from below and navigating by the wisdom from above? Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.